Welcome back to Sew Organized Style Podcast. I'm Maria Thea Harris, also known as Fellow Sews. This is the Sewing Save series. Sew Organized Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognizes the continuing connection to lands, waters, and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. A big sponsor shout out goes to our two podcast friends and sponsors. The Australian Sewing Guild, who has been our Monday Daily Series regular, is now a sponsor of Sew Organised Style Podcast. Go to ozsew.org to check out the online workshops, sew-alongs, skills library and more. Our second sponsor is Tatiana's School of Couture as she launches it online. Go to her website to see her new online sewing classes and patterns. Morning listeners, welcome back to Sew Organised Style Podcast. Today we've got a special guest. Look, all of our guests are special because they give us their time. Today we're talking to Des and she's got a few sewing saves that I think you'll be interested in. Morning, Des. Good morning, Maria. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on to Sew and I Style. really appreciate your time. You're very, very welcome. Des, so that our listeners know, what's your sewing journey background? My sewing journey background is a long one from about 40 odd years I've been sewing. I grew up watching my grandmother sew. She was a seamstress to the film industry because we used to live in Twickenham, which is now part of London. And it was near to the Teddington studios where so many films were made in London. And she was a seamstress and she worked for them. So I grew up watching her with all these fabrics and pieces. And, and quite often I would get the off cuts and turn them into little doll's clothes, you know. So, Aww. yeah, my Barbie had the fabulous, fabulous dresses. <laughs> they weren't the best of makes, but they were the fabulous looking things. And I used to sit there and watch her, you know. And I'm surprised sometimes that... A lot of the things that I saw when I was six, seven, eight, nine have stuck and come back to me sometimes when I'm thinking, how do I do this? What would mum have done? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. She's my grandmother, by the way, but she brought me up, so I call her mum. Yeah. So all of those things are coming back. And even now I can hear her saying, no, you're supposed to baste it first. (laughs) (laughs) All those rules. I know. (laughs) But the techniques that work, right? So it's worthwhile listening to. Yeah, absolutely. But you don't realise what you're seeing or what you're learning when you're six, seven, eight, whatever, you know, it just goes in. That's how I started sewing. And then one year, I think somebody gave me a cross stitch kit and I was never so pleased in my life to get a cross stitch kit. And I've never been happier than when I now have a needle in my hand. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, I've got to have a needle in my hand somewhere. So that's your joy. So that's my joy, absolutely. But it stuck, you know, the fact that mum's sewed all the time, it was what people did. And I hadn't realized until recently that actually there aren't that many who sew, what should I say, a whole wardrobe or sew for mm. other people or sew to mend things until I went on to Instagram. Because I thought I was the only one around here. But actually, when you look at Instagram, there are millions of talented women out there who sew for whatever reason, but they sew. 
Do you follow the Server 50 account? Yeah, I do. I think they found me because I've not been on Instagram long, something like six or seven months. Right. And originally I went on Instagram because I've got to that age where I need to think about retiring from full-time work. Um, what can I do to keep me occupied? And I thought, I know, I'll sew. I remember mum saying once, she said, you don't want to sew for a living because there's no money in it. And I thought, well, okay, so there's no money in it, but... It's something that I really like doing. And if it also keeps my fingers busy and brain active. Yeah. So that's why I went on Instagram, just to see what else was going on out there. And I've made all sorts of things in my life, you know. You name it, I probably made it. Not all successfully, but, you know, you have a go. If you don't have a go, then... Yeah. Yeah. I've made baby clothes. I've been through... God knows how many work suits, because that was the day job, you know, you had to wear a suit. I've sewn for my daughter up until she got to the stage where, oh, mum, I'm not wearing handmade clothes anymore. Oh. But now that she's grown up, it's, mum, can you make this? Or mum, can you make that? So, hmm. yeah, you know, they go through that phase and then they come back to you to say, this is actually better because I can get what I want. And that's one of the biggest joys for me is I'm not necessarily a follower of fashion. I like to wear what I like to wear. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing is, is looking at some of these women on Sew Over 50, getting the style tips, thinking, how do they do that? Getting the learning, mm. getting the support, getting the inventiveness. And actually, it's the style of some of these women. I don't think I have style. I know what I like. But when I look yeah. at some of these women, I think, oh, my goodness. Yes, I can make those individual pieces, but I wouldn't ever think of, doing it in that fabric or putting those pieces together and that's what I really like about Sew Over 50. That's the part that Sew Over 50 gives us which we don't see in sewing magazines or on patterns. Absolutely and that's why the initiative around Sew 50 Visible is so important because I don't know what the percentages are but I would have said that at least 40% of women are interested in sewing or fashion in, in some way and get their ideas there. So that's how I got into sewing. And like I said, I've sewn most things, tried most things anyway. Now it was Robbie who said, have a chat to Des because she's done a conversion of a dress that you, you felt uncomfortable with. Yeah. So can you talk us through that particular piece? Uncomfortable is a pleasant word, Maria. Thank you. <laughs> I would have used a much stronger word to describe that dress. I don't know what possessed me to make that dress probably three or four years ago. And there were two that I made. One I turned into a skirt, which is on the posts. But this one, I just liked the fabric. It would go with so many different things. But when I put it on, it's a shapeless literally a shapeless dress and I thought yeah I could take it in yes I could put some elastic in the waist yeah I could do all sorts of things but it would still be in my head this mm -hmm. shapeless dress it's not something that I really want to wear and I found it because you know during Covid it's about what am I going to do today so I emptied out the wardrobe and yes. found it lurking in the back of the wardrobe and I thought mm, that hasn't been worn what can I do with it and then I had that culottes pattern that was out on my sewing table that's been there for the last three or four makes. And I thought, I wonder if I've got enough. Well, I didn't quite have enough. I did have to piece the back crotch. Right. And I did have to fold out some pleats on the front so it's not quite so full. Hmm. The actual culottes themselves, I adore. I will wear, in fact, I wear them quite often. Whereas the dress is not going to get worn. 
And when it comes to reusing a piece of fabric rather than taking it to a charity store, which would be easy, actually, I think for me, it's a real feel good factor knowing that I haven't wasted something entirely and I'm going to get some wear out of something that I love the fabric of. And then, of course, I thought, I'm going to make a belt. Oh, because <laughs> I can. And because there were these long strips left over. So I, I did piece the belt in places. I didn't put that on the post, but I did piece the belt in places. And then, of course, I inherited mum's stash. So I've got all sorts of things from the 1950s and 60s and paper patterns and haberdashery in particular. I've also got some fabric there, but mm, I won't <laughs> go into that. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to use one of her buckles. So they don't make buckles like they used to. The, the colour, the shape, the way they fit. So I used one of mum's buckles as well. So I was quite pleased about that. They came out fine. I did actually consider the original dress when I looked at it, when I took it out of the wardrobe. I thought, can I wear this as a nighty? Okay. They're <laughs> sticking outside the square. You know, because it was so big and blousy, I thought it's not going to constrict me if I'm trying to sleep. And I did think about it, but then I thought, no, because the fabric is what I call kind of plastic fabric. So at night, you get hot, it would probably not be comfortable from that perspective. But I did think about reusing it as a nightie instead of chopping the thing up and making something else. I thought about keeping the dress and wearing a shirt underneath it, you know, like, like a pinny. But then it still had yeah. no shape. And I didn't really want to wear the dress as a dress because it just, mm -hmm. you know, even if I took it in or put a waist in it or did something with it, because it would still remind me that this was a dress I really didn't like. And why have I got another dress that I'm not particularly fond of? Okay. Yeah, chopping it up, turning it into something new, just is that real feel-good factor for me. That's really good. I mean, you've gone through so many different variations of what you could have done with it and used notions that you've already got in your stash from your mums. That's really great. I was going to say, even the eyelets yep. were mums because I've inherited so much from mums, you know, those little eyelets. And I remember as I'm growing up, Uncle Michael with a hammer on the half in the front room, actually banging those eyelets in and then filing down the back to make sure that they weren't going to catch on your clothes. So using the pliers these days is actually a good thing rather than bang, bang, bang. <laughs> <and filing. laughs> you don't want the neighbours to hear what you're doing with your sewing. <laughs> it's so impressive how you've gone about saving a dress and making it into the collots. Absolutely, even some of the little bits that are left over. I tend to use little bits like that for pocket linings or facing mm. linings or all sorts of things where they're not necessarily visible. I still keep all those bits and use them for covered buttons and there's so many other things that you can use the little bits mm. for. That's really clever. Was it make, do and mend in the war? Exactly, exactly. And it's still living today. Correct, yes. correct. You'd be surprised how many old things I've got in the wardrobe. So Organised Style Podcast is produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Des Whitehorn, sound by bensound.com. You can subscribe to So Organised Style Podcast, spelt with an S, not a Z, on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, CastBox and Libsyn, our podcast distributor. Post any questions or podcast suggestions on our podcast Instagram account or our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs>